0: Welcome to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. An artifact of Chinese-American history in the form of a long-lost film and the Asian-American woman responsible for this film's creation is the topic of this edition of Radio Curious. Our guest is documentary filmmaker Robin Lung, who made the film Finding Kukan, Finding Kukan tells the story of Li Ling Ai, a Chinese-American woman who hired Ray Scott, an American photojournalist, to travel to China and capture the life of the people in that war-torn country, including the massive bombing of the wartime capital. Their film, Kukan, which is different than Finding Kukan, received one of the first Academy Awards for a feature documentary in 1942. Lung's film, Finding Kukan, questions why we never heard of Li Ling Ai, and why all of the copies of her film, Kukan, disappeared. Robin Lung answers some of these questions in her film, Finding Kukan. Robin Lung and I visited by phone on May 6, 2017 when she was in Southern California right after Finding Kukan received the Audience Award at the 2017 Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. We began when I asked her about the meaning of the word Kukan and how that word weaves itself through her documentary, Finding Kukan.
1: So the word ku-kan is really a Chinese word that in Mandarin is more pronounced more like gu-gan. And it's made up of two different Chinese characters. The first character means bitter, like it's in bitter tasting. And the character of gan means go forward. So together, the word is almost untranslatable in English, but the closest translation is to bitterly persevere. Um to persevere against all odds. Ah. And Li Lingai herself used very poetic translations. She said that it always meant to her heroic courage under bitter suffering. And she also said that Ku Kukan was a theme of her own life. And, in fact, she did have to face many, many different obstacles to become a woman artist, and to get her voice heard. So I really liked that word. Talk about the original film, but also about Li Ling Ai's life.
0: So putting this into perspective, Li Ling Ai is the woman who made the film, or was the force behind making the film, Kukan, which was subsequently lost. Mm-hmm. And your movie, Finding Kukan, is about finding the movie that she made and exploring who is this person, Li Ling Ai.
1: Li Ling Ai is an exceptional female character, and I actually wanted to find an exceptional female character for my next documentary project. I've always been really interested in women, especially strong women, to feature, and So I wasn't really initially searching for a lost film. I was really searching for uh, Chinese heroine that could fill this big void in my life because there are not a lot of heroic Chinese women in fiction or in film. And so I spent a long time researching women in the 30s and 40s, and I had come across a memoir that Li Lingai wrote. And the memoir is really all about her parents, but I discovered through that memoir that she had worked on this documentary film called Kukan. And so the fact that this woman, who was both an author and a filmmaker, lived in Hawaii and I didn't know about her, made me very curious and set all these questions in motion for me that I, I had to follow up and figure out the answers to. So that started my search, which is really the story of finding Ku Khan, is my search for Li Ling Ai, and then finding the film and trying to figure out what her role was in the making of this film. And I uncovered this amazing, dynamic, ahead of her time, just really ballsy, fun woman. And So that's who you get to meet when you watch Finding Kukan. You get to meet this amazing character. And women and men alike, everybody in the audience just gravitates to her. One of the sad things is that I never got to meet Li Ling Ai in person. I only apprehended her story after she died.
0: Uh, Robin Lung, you describe Li Ling Ai as a uh, fantastic person who did things far from the ordinary in China in her time.
1: I was really a pioneer media maker. So she had a wish to tell her story, her Chinese-American story, and the story of her ancestors in China from her own perspective. In the 1930s and 40s, you had movies like The Good Earth, and that they portrayed Chinese main characters using white actors. Actually, Louise Rayner got the Oscar for playing a Chinese woman in The Good Earth. So Li I was very frustrated by those depictions of Chinese, and she wanted to tell her story from her perspective. So she was quite innovative. She was telling her story through playwriting, and then she tried to make, or she did make a movie about China during the war called Kukan, that won an Academy Award. Then she went on to do lectures all across the country to lecture about Chinese culture to universities and women's clubs all over America. And she also appeared on Robert Ripley's, believe it or not, radio show and television show, also promoting Chinese culture and Chinese history. So she told her story in many different ways. And that was, to me, very admirable and ahead of her time. So the main thing that I take from her is that although she was glamorous and she was fun and she was flamboyant, she was an activist. At the bottom line, she was an activist, and she used her larger-than-life personality to keep telling the story about her own people and her own story, which wasn't being told at the time.
0: There's one section in your movie where she says she wants to bring the real story of China to the American people and improve the image of Chinese in America.
1: I think Li Lingai was successful in her goal to a small—you know, to a— A limited extent. So she she changed people's perceptions of who a Chinese woman was just by being herself. And then all of the things that she produced, so her movie Kukan, whoever saw it in America got an image of China that wasn't in the newspapers, that wasn't in Hollywood movies. And then she also expanded her reach by being on Robert Ripley's television show, which was a national... NBC television show, and again, she's presenting herself as a Chinese woman, but very elegant, speaking perfect English, and being very knowledgeable about history and other cultural things. So she was shattering stereotypes of Chinese as coolies or as only laundry workers or very ignorant and backwards. Her goal, she said, was always to change people's minds one by one. So I take inspiration from that, because that's really what I'm doing now with my film, is trying to change people's minds one by one, to the fact that there was this really forward-thinking media maker who was an Asian woman back in the 30s and 40s.
0: Another scene in in your movie is of a Chinese coolie sitting on a curb eating his rice. Li Ling Ai says that was a true story of China.
1: Yeah, there's a very famous image that Ray Scott took while he was working on the film Kukan. Ray Scott was the cameraman that Li I partnered with to make the movie Kukan. And he takes this image of a coolie sitting on, on the sidewalk while Canton, or Guangzhou, which is in the olden days called Canton, was burning in the background right before the Japanese took over the city. And I think that the image, the image became a life photo of the week. And I think the, why Li Lingai said that that image was the image that she wanted to communicate the Chinese spirit with is that her, her take was that even though China was being invaded and there are so many reasons to give up on the country or the Chinese people, had to give up, they persisted. They kept on living their lives. They kept on, you know, selling their, their fish, and they kept on doing their daily routine despite the fact that their lives were interrupted by war. A lot of people, I think, when you're looking at a country at war, you, you look at the people, the victims, as non-humans, like not at your level. When you are in peacetime and you're looking at somebody at war, and I think she really wants to show that these Chinese are at the same level as Americans. They're still going to universities. They're still studying chemistry, despite the fact that their country's being invaded. And they're just like you and I in America, and we need to bond together and work together to fight off the fascist invader.
0: In this edition of Radio Curious, we're visiting with Robin Lung, the filmmaker of Finding Kukan, a movie about a film called Kukan that was filmed in China during World War II. Robin, what have you learned from making this movie?
1: I've learned so much as a person by following Li Ling Ai's story. I've learned to tell my story and to become more like Li Ling Ai in telling that story. So as a filmmaker, you have to learn to promote yourself and your film. And Li Ling Ai was the consummate self-promoter. And she, she took a lot of criticism for that from her friends and her family. But if she didn't do that and if she hadn't been a great self-promoter, I would never have found her and I would never have found this historic, Academy Award-winning film. So I took a big um, personal lesson from Li Ling Ai in my own career as a woman, but I also learned so much about my Chinese heritage and about Chinese history. I wasn't taught in high school about China's role in World War II, and over the years, I'm fourth-generation Chinese, over the years, I've lost a lot of knowledge about my own Chinese culture. For instance, I don't speak Mandarin or Cantonese and I can't read Chinese. So just losing the language is such a huge loss. It really um, cuts you off from so much of that culture, that rich culture, that I might have had if I did know the language.
0: Staying with language for a moment, when you were in China, as revealed in Finding Kukan, Is it fair to presume that Chinese people would expect you to speak Chinese? Um,
1: That's an interesting question. I thought that they would recognize me right away as a Westerner because my parents had been to China a couple of decades before, and they stood out like sore thumbs, they said. But China changed a lot since then. So China adopted a lot of Western clothes. You know, people were just wearing Western clothes. All, all the people I saw on the streets looked like Americans. So when I was there, a lot of people did approach me and start speaking in Mandarin. And one of the things that I really regretted is not being able to speak back, not being able to even communicate the basic niceties in Mandarin. So I made a pledge that before the next time I went to China, I would learn some basic Chinese. So I did, and when I returned to China, at least I could say hello, and I don't speak Mandarin. Anyway, that's, that's also a um, personal goal, getting up a level, because I, I want to return to China, and I do want to carry on the conversation. I don't just want to say hello. I don't speak Mandarin.
0: Well, Robin Lung, let's uh, revisit the story about Ray Scott, who filmed a lot of what is in both movies. Who is Ray? What was his role, particularly in relationship to Li Ai?
1: Ray Scott was a freelance journalist who was originally from the Midwest and made his way to Hawaii in the late 1930s. And he met Li I in Hawaii in 1937. And I, I think that they were both rebels. They were both these renegade spirits that latched onto each other. And when the Japanese were invading the Shanghai international settlement that was the night that they both met in the, this newspaper office that Ray was working at. and they both had this you know adventurous spirit and Liing I got Ray to go to China to tell the story and photograph what was going on in China. And so they formed this partnership because she needed to tell the story and he had the means to do it. He was a journalist and he had a camera. He had camera skills, and he had the desire to, to try something new. His daughter-in-law called him like an Indiana Jones kind of guy. So he was up for the task, and he, he shot this amazing footage in China during the war with a handheld 60-millimeter camera in color. So color was brand new. Shooting at the time on 60-millimeter in a war zone was very difficult, You had to change your film reel every two minutes. And he couldn't even look at the film footage until he got back to America because there was no processing of Kodachrome in China. So he was under all these stresses, and yet he made this 85-minute-long color movie that won an Academy Award. And he had never even had a movie camera in his hands before they started this project. So, you know, the odds were stacked against them. Big time, and so the fact that they got this job done, both he and Leeleng Li Ai, was really inspirational to me as a filmmaker. And I kept going back to them and their success whenever I had times of trouble. And so I think when people see this film, they'll they'll take away this really great inspirational story of these two renegade spirits who, you know, joined together, beat the odds, and came away this great success story.
0: Expound on what you would, please, Robin, when you say you kept going back to their success in times of trouble.
1: Finding Kukan is my first feature documentary, and one of the obstacles for me that I kept running up against was raising money and trying to convince people that this was an important story to tell. And it took Eight years to make this film. So there are many times that I faced self doubt when I didn't get a grant, for instance, or when I just came up against not being able to find information. And it took a lot to keep going. I had a lot of mentors who gave me pep talks, but it helped me that I had two inspirational characters who were filmmakers themselves to follow. And, I, you know, I kept going back to things that Lili I would say, like kukan, you know, that means keep going. And she also had a great saying, which became the title of her memoir, which is Life is for a Long Time. That was the title of her memoir, and that was the theme of her parents' lives. And whenever her parents came against obstacles, her mother would say, well, life is for a long time. So, like, this trouble will pass. Life will change, and eventually the trouble will be gone. So I kept saying things like that to myself when I was in the dumps. I would say, well, life is for a long time, and Kukan. So it, it was kind of interesting to um, have these two characters to follow, even though I had never met them. They, they became characters in my life.
0: The phrase that Li Ling Ai repeats twice, I believe, in the movie is, God gave me a mouth and it's not just for eating.
1: Yeah, that was another saying that I discovered in her letters that she wrote. And that was very moving to me because um, it's all about creativity and the struggle. You know, that's how I read it, the struggles. Of a creative person. It's so easy to just sit back as an observer, watch movies, read books, and see life go past you. But it's much harder to tell a story, document a story, and get your vision of something out there creatively. So that little saying always meant to me, you know. You can't sit back and be comfortable. You have to push forward and get your creative vision out there because it is about changing minds one person at a time. And so that really was um, something that really kept me going is that one little phrase of
0: hers. Robin Lund, there's a statement that Ray Scott, uh, who was involved in filming Kukan, made at some point, and you brought it out in your movie, Finding Kukan, and that is the real way to live is travel, and let your camera pay your way. And I'm curious, to what, if any extent, was that the case for you in making Finding Kukan?
1: Well, just to become a filmmaker um, was a choice for me. I actually had to, started off life in many different um, careers. I was in book publishing and then in academic administration in, in a university setting. And I did make a conscious choice to give up a desk job to become a filmmaker. And part of that choice came from that same desire I think that Ray Scott had, is that there's much more to the world than is behind this desk. And I, you know, in order to find that and to be more... <clears throat> fulfilled as a creative person, I have to get out there and making films, is happens to be my calling which I just discovered late in life, but it's been a fabulous, fabulous time making films and I wouldn't change it for anything, so even if being behind a desk made me more money or made me more successful, quote unquote, in the real world, I feel that being a filmmaker is like one of the most rewarding careers that I've had, and I've had several over my lifetime.
0: Well, then that leads me to the question, are there other films uh, in your horizon or in your dream?
1: I would love to tell more stories about women. I feel that there are so many stories out there, very rich stories that feature women who have been forgotten or women who haven't been given their due. And so that's really what I'd like to do. And I I have a couple of stories that have popped up that are in, you know, sort of in the ether, but I haven't really chosen one to run with yet.
0: Well, Robin Lung, I want to thank you very much for being with us on Radio Curious. And before we close, could you tell us about a Eureka or an aha moment in your life that changed your point of view or your focus or your world?
1: Yeah, I think that while talking to you, a vision pops up. And that vision is when I was in China, I showed parts of Kukan to historians there. And they reacted in, in such a surprising way to me. They, they really got emotional. And they got emotional because Kukan shows the history of their city, their homes, and a time period their parents and grandparents had told them about, but that they had never been able to actually witness. So they had read about these stories, and they had heard about these stories, but Kukan brought them the story in a visual format, in color, and it was such a profound experience to see them react to that, because... Before that, I was interested in Kukan because it won an Academy Award. I was interested in this historic film that was important to American film history because of that. And then I realized those people in China, they didn't care if that film won an award. They saw an image of their past. They were able to apprehend history that had been lost to them. And that was so powerful and made me realize that what I'm trying to do in making films is that's what it's about. It's not really about getting awards or getting accolades or a lot of money. Like In the future, I hope that films that I make can touch someone in the way that those historians were touched by Khan 75 years after it won an Academy Award.
0: And that, um, Robin, may answer my next question. You may have already answered it. And, and the question is, what would you like to do with the remainder of your One Precious Life?
1: Well, I would love to continue to tell stories. I'm not so sure that those stories will end up in a documentary film format. You know, our media landscape is changing so quickly but I do know that I want to continue to tell stories, and I want to continue to tell stories that have not been told before. And mostly I'm, I'm thinking that those stories will be about women. I'm just always, I've always been interested in that, and I don't see it changing, though. Suddenly we'll have too many stories about women. I think there always will be, in my lifetime, a shortage of stories about women.
0: And finally, Robin Lung, is there a a movie or a book that you would recommend to our listeners?
1: Yes. I have seen many, many movies and have been influenced by many, many books. But the thing that pops into my mind right now is Hidden Figures, which is about a group of African-American women, mathematicians who worked at NASA, helping with the space program in very vital ways, but who didn't get credit for what they did. And it's a really wonderful film, great acting. You learn about the role of women in a very important moment in our lives that was very male centered. You know, when we all we all watched the rockets lift off in, in school as kids, the whole class would watch. But you saw the male astronauts and you saw the male engineers in the room. You didn't see any women you didn't know about these women. So Hidden Figures is a like, wonderful movie that tells that story. But it also is, for me, a, a real exciting thing because that film did very well at the box office. So to me that says that the world is hungry, at least America is hungry for stories about women and women of color. And I would encourage everyone who hasn't seen that film to go get it. And it's also based on um, real life and a book so I haven't read the book yet but uh, if people like to read books and see movies you got a double header there
0: well Robin Lung thank you very much for being with us on Radio Curious
1: thank you so much
0: Robin Lung a documentary filmmaker created the film Finding Kukan it's about the film Kukan made by Li Ling Ai a Chinese American woman, and Ray Scott, an American photojournalist, near the beginning of World War II. The book, which Robin Lung recommends, which is also a movie, is Hidden Figures The American Dream and the Untold Story of the Black Women Mathematicians Who Helped Win the Space Race by Margot Lee Shetterly. This program was recorded on May 6, 2017. There are over 630 archive editions on our website, www.radiocurious.org. They're all free to listen and download and share anytime, anywhere as my gift to you. Our programs are published weekly, normally on Tuesday evening. Your comments, ideas, and suggestions are always appreciated, and we do enjoy hearing from you. The email address is curious at radiocurious.org. Postal mail is 280 North Oak Street, Ukiah, UKIAH, California 95482. The phone is 707-462-6541. Angie Voiles Ascombe is the assistant producer. I'm host and producer Barry Vogel.